podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. This is our final episode for 2021. We're putting the year to bed, put a bow on it, wrap it up, Monscato, and we're done for yet another year, our third year doing this podcast. Wrap it up, leave it under the tree. This is our present to you. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it's been, uh, I feel like it was just yesterday we started this. So, you know, and what's funny is, we, we've been through so much with this podcast, too. I mean, we started pre-pandemic. That was uh, not even a thought in anyone's mind. And here we are weathering the storm for over two years now. Well, I was telling somebody about this the other day. And the one thing that they thought was the most interesting is that when the PGA Tour suspended its season last year, we were actually, and by we, I mean you, uh, were actually on site um for that to happen that was the players right yeah yeah i mean you know everyone posts these images of like you before you knew what was about to happen and Mm -hmm. and you know i'm sure everyone's heard the story but we were on the grounds myself and and derek uh golfing with dad on instagram and we had heard rumblings that the tournament was going to be canceled the next day was going to be media only so we talked to a few people in the media center, and they said, nope, you guys are good. Come back tomorrow. You've got your passes, but there's going to be no fans. And we were like, mm-hmm. wow, what an opportunity. There's going to be less than 100 people out on the course. Like, this is going to be amazing. You know, most of these other media members, Scott, they're all inside typing up stories and stuff because they've got deadlines and overhead. We've got none of that. We roam free. Right, right, right. You're just there to, to be fans and talk about it later. That's it. Like, vigilante podcasting. So, uh we we are uh, we're recording Derek and I a podcast that night the night of it was Thursday night and uh, or it was Wednesday night excuse me Wednesday yep and the tournament was no 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 it was Thursday because they got through the Thursday round they canceled the well, Friday they didn't get through a Thursday that's right yeah but not everyone finished because I remember specifically talking to Brennan Steele and he didn't finish. And I was like, hey, what do you think's going to happen? He's like, I don't know. I got to be out here early tomorrow morning. He's like, you going to be out here? I'm like, yeah, well, you know, we'll make sure we're here. We'll follow you around and kind of see. He was like, all right, cool. He said, we'll talk after the round. And that was the last I heard from him mm. until I got an email like, you know, a month or two later. And he's like, hey, I guess we never got that, that chat in. Um, mm. But it was just wild. We were doing a podcast. And then the text came across from the PGA Tour. And I was like, wow. First off, I didn't even know the PGA Tour has my cell phone number, you know, and Thinking right. back, yeah, obviously they do, right? Because it's in the they system. They get everything. Yeah, and uh, it was like pl- plans changed. Like this is not a joke. Like this is not a warning or an alert. This is 100% real. The tournament is canceled. We are canceling the season until further notice. So Derek and I scrambled to make plans. I got the last plane out of Jacksonville into Philly. He got the last plane out of Jacksonville into California. I'm talking that was the creepiest plane ride I've ever been on. It was just Mm. dead silent. No one said a word. Some people had masks. Some people didn't. You know, you could see people on their phone searching stuff up. It was very odd. And then, you know, come home and the entire world falls apart. Right. Well, 
It's crazy times. Yeah, crazy and time. talking to another story that this podcast has has brought us. So listen, let's wrap this up real quick. We had a, a, a crazy tournament last week that wasn't even a real tournament, but it probably got more press than maybe the four majors, you know, outside of the four majors and the players because Tiger and little Chucky played great. But let's not confuse their publicity, Scott, with the actual winners, the Daily Boys. So if you would have told me in, let's go with July, that we would be spending time talking about a tournament in December that doesn't count, that was won by John Daly, and Tiger Woods came in second, I would have called you crazy and questioned whether or not you had started drinking. (laughs) And a tournament that a 12-year-old played in, that a 80-year-old played in, you know, that yep. I, Santa Claus won the tournament. Yup. Uh, uh, I can't even believe that happened. Part of me wonders, like, has golf fallen so far from mainstream media that we need something like this in order to prop it back up in the in the ESPNs of the world? You know, I, I, I don't mm. know. This, this uh, look... The ratings for this and the amount of people talking about this on social media and the social media presence as well as the national media presence. Scott, this was on the front page of USA Today. It was one of the lead stories on the Today Show. Mm -hmm. Like, astronomical. And not much gets eyes away from football on Sundays. And uh, I think there were a lot of people watching it. And again... Doesn't count, and John Daly won. So as a as a you know a diehard or idiotic Jets fan, call it whatever you will. I was watching football, and mm. I was wrapping Christmas presents, and my phone starts kind of blowing up, and people are texting me. You watching this, dude? You watching this? John Daly's gonna win. Tigers making a comeback. Five straight birdies, six straight birdies. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to watch Tiger and his kid. Like, it's all, it, it's cool and all, but, like, I don't really care. It's it's the middle of December. I don't really care too much about golf right now. Like, let's be honest. We watched so much during the mm. year for this podcast, and we're so involved. I was like, nah, I'm just watching the Jets, you know, meagerly try to pass the ball and do whatever. And then Tyler, the creator, is like, dude, seven birdies in a row, eight birdies in a row. You have to turn this on. So I flipped it on the computer, and I watched I watched four or five holes, and Scott, it was entertaining. It was entertaining, first of all, because it's Tiger. And second of all, because it was far better golf than we would have expected. Look, that's the bottom line. And I'm I'm telling you what, to see JD and his son win, like I think, you know, the the narrative that was written was probably like, okay, Tiger and his son are going to win. Right. But and to always relate to like pro wrestling, like they're the defending champs. Right. But all of a sudden, this underdog who you think has no chance in the world, this Mm -hmm. big swerve comes out of nowhere and they end up winning. And I was like, wow, that was actually pretty cool. Now, you texted me afterwards. He says, can we talk about this picture real quick, which I posted on Instagram? And it's Mm -hmm. John Daly, who looks like an obese Santa Claus hugging his son, Scott, the kid. John Daly II or John Daly Jr., whatever it is, this kid looked, like you said, scared 
out of his mind. I commented to you that he looked like he was on the lam for five years and they finally caught him. He he looks like I uh, he I, I he looks like that that Santa is like thinking that like he's too close with him. <laughs> like he went to the mall Santa and the mall Santa's like, ah, come here, little boy, let me give you a hug. <laughs> You know, part of me thinks, like, maybe John Daly II was almost a little embarrassed, right? He plays for the University of Arkansas. He's a great golfer. But by no means is he a starter, right? By no means is he a powerhouse kid in the SEC. By no means is he a standout. He made it He made it into a few tournaments into their top five, you know. Uh, he shot some decent rounds. But, you know, he's not a, a quote-unquote varsity player. So part of me feels like, you know what, maybe he's almost kind of embarrassed that the kids in the team are like, dude, you can't even crack the starting lineup. You know what I mean? It's great you won that, but right. you won it because yeah. of your dad or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's par- certainly possible. I don't know. I he, mean, he maybe – go ahead. I was just going to say, he just seemed like so shy and, and shocked, and, and maybe he's a kid that doesn't crave the spotlight, you know? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, maybe he just – this is attention that he just doesn't want. He's like, I was cool going under the radar, being John Daly's kid. And, you know, now all of a sudden, like, people are going to be talking about whether or not I'm getting, you know, Hooters endorsements or something. <laughs> yeah, where I'm going to park my, uh, my Winnebago. Um, you know, and the other thing is, too, maybe in his mind, he's like, damn, I can't believe I put this much, you know, now I'm putting undue stress and pressure on my back. Like, I've got this target. You know, because you go to these college tournaments and, and your last name's Daly, your last name's Poulter, your last name's Woods, right? Poulter's kid's going to the University of Florida. And no matter what, no matter how good you are, you know, you've got maybe another country club kid gunning for you or a public course kid, a muni kid who's just like, you know what, screw this kid with all of his money, the silver spoon or the silver clubs he was born with, you know, in his hands. So it's almost like, you know, a bigger target on this kid's back now with the last name Daly. Plus now he's in the national spotlight for winning. I mean, that is a that that's a good point, too. Like, you got to think about, like, the mind of like some of these athletes. You know, if you're paired up with with John Daly's kid and you beat him like that's a story you're telling your grandkids like, ah, John Daly, yeah, a couple time major champion. But <laughs> I beat his kid in college for sure. For sure. So, I mean, that I, I know that's a story I'd be telling. So, I, yep, I would, too. I would, too. He's got to be thinking that that that's going to be that's going to be happening in the future. Yeah. Uh, so, look, so that ends the PGA Tour. Yeah, everyone's done. You know, what I mean, everyone's uh, in full on Christmas and, and New Year's mode. So I asked a while back, I asked some people, hey, last podcast of the year as we wrap this up, put a bow on it, like we said before, stuck it under the tree. What questions do you have? For us, um, I picked uh, what I pick five of them, Scott. I picked the best I thought were the best five, best six of them. Sorry, nope, best five. I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote them down, you know, because on Instagram story they disappear, and uh, I forgot to label who asked them. So <laughs> when you hear your question answered, please drop us a line to DM and we will give you credit. Apologies. Uh, here's the first one, Scott. This is this is. This is someone coming at my neck for no reason whatsoever. Have Scott name all four 2021 major winners because I know you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, first off, that's not true. 
because I actually can recall three of them. I can't recall the fourth until I looked it up. So, Scott, I'm going to start with the Masters. Who won the Masters? Hideki Matsuyama. Okay, very good. I did. I Scott, I knew that one. Who won the PGA Championship? That, that would be Phil. That's right. That's the other one I knew. Now, I could not remember this one for the life of me. Who won the U.S. Open? Uh, that would be John Rahm. Okay, you're perfect so far. And I know now that you knew who won the Open Championship. Uh, Mr. Colin Morikawa. There you go. Very nice job, Moe Scott. Very nice job. In his first, in his first attempt ever. Correct. Now, I'm going to throw this back at you. We're going to do a little something different here. All right. The next question that was asked was, I want you guys to name all four winners for the 2022 majors. Now, that's kind of, you know, we're just p- guessing. We're picking mm. straws here, right? We're just guessing at random names. But I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to give you the top five from each of the majors, and you're going to tell me if any one of those five is going to win the major next year. Sure. Okay. All right. Let's start with the Masters. We've got Hideki. He was 10 under. Will Zalatoris got to 9 under. Jordan Spieth. Remember that name because in my mind, he's player of the year. All right. Finishes third at 7 under. Ty was Xander Schauffele. John Rahm and Mark Leishman both finish at 6 under par. So Hideki, Zalatoris, Spieth, Schauffele, Rahm, or Leishman. Will any of them win the Masters next year? It's hard to pick against Spieth. I mean, I, the odds of Spieth winning at Augusta are, are uh, I mean, I feel like you can't go wrong taking a chance on that. Would you say they're Tiger-esque? Um, I, I would. He, there's something special about him at that place. So, yeah, there I is. would. There is. Okay, I I'm out of that list. I'm going with Spieth and John Rom. You know, and Rom plays well there too. Um, and maybe this is his year to finally crack through. That now that he made, you know, now that he's got the one, maybe this is his year to have a breakthrough there too. Yep, definitely possible. And again, and 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 I, I think I don't think the majors disappointed at all this year because that was a stacked leaderboard. The only outlier there is obviously Will Zalatoris, but that made for probably the most compelling story outside of Hideki and Spieth this year. Yeah. I will also say, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the people from Spain, I, there's something special about them at Augusta too. So very true. Who knows? All right. PGA top five. Ready? Philly Mick, six under par. Brooks Kepka four under tie with Louis Tazen four under Padraig Harrington went two under to tie with Shane Lowry, Harry Higgs and Paul Casey. So Mickelson Kepka, Ustazen, Harrington, Lowry, Higgs, and Casey. Does any one of them win the PGA next year? Kepka, Ustazen, and I—I I mean, those are those are tough names to pick against. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you throw in them in there in the mix. I feel like it's a good chance. Who was fifth or fourth? Uh, there's a four-way tie. Padraig, who is not going to place next year. Shane yeah. Lowry. Harry yeah. Higgs, who I feel like was a one-timer. And then Paul Casey, mm-hmm. who I also feel like. Casey could Casey could do it. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, see, I just think Casey's past. I think Casey's going to pop up top five here and there. But I think he's over the hill. He could, it could happen. I, I don't think so. I, I got to. 
I gotta really, if I'm putting my money on anyone there, it's Kepka and who stays in. So. I'm gonna pull uh I'm gonna pull a page out of your playbook, Scott, and I'm gonna say Rory McElroy for the PJ Championship next year. Where is it? I have no idea. Okay. I didn't get that far. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. U.S. Open. John Rahm, we know, is, you know, wins it at six under. Ustazen, again, a name that keeps on popping up all the time. Harris English, Guido Migliozzi, Brooks Kepka, and Colin Morikawa. Scott, you starting to notice a trend. Rahm, Spieth, Ustazen, Kepka, Morikawa in every single top ten for the meeting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, again, uh, you're giving me... Kepka, Ustazen, Morikawa's possibilities, I'm going to yep. say sure. Yeah, I love Morikawa for an U.S. Open victory next year. Uh, and then finally, the Open Championship. We already know. We've said it. The aforementioned Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth again, John Rahm again, Louis Ustazen again, and Dylan Fratelli rounds out the top five. Well, I think this is the field that there's someone that plays top five this year that will definitely win next year with those big names. I'm going to say, just to be contrarian, that none of them will win. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, hey, if I was a betting man, I'd probably take the field against them as well. There's better odds. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the field on that one. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this person says, where's the best par three hole in Pennsylvania? And what is the best par three hole outside of Pennsylvania? That we've played or just... I'm going to have to go with a hole that we've played because, okay. you know, I mean, just pick Marion, Philly Cricket Club, Oakmont. Right. You know what I mean? We, we, we haven't played those. We don't know those. Right. Uh, so your, your, you know, body of, of options in Pennsylvania is a little bit deeper than mine. A little bit. Um, the, the hole I, I like the most is the, you know, crazy drop off at, at Hideaway. Um, what is that? Like, Whole seven. Six, seven. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, it's the most fun, uh, just because it's fun. It's a neat big green. There's a bunker in front. There's a creek that runs. Yeah, as I say, there, there's a creek. There, you know, you you go long. It, there's a little bit of trouble. And... You can see for literally miles yep. off the tee box. I, and you're probably standing, not to exaggerate, at least 90 to 100 feet above the green. Eight at Glenbrook is fun, too. You know what? That is my pick for favorite mm-hmm. hole because the trees that surround that in the fall just make this amazing color palette. It's a small green. It's not a long shot. It's like 125 to 150, depending on where they have the tees. Um, it's a volcano green pushed up. Trouble everywhere. You need to be accurate. And I feel like for me... If I can get away with a par at that hole, the rest of my round on the back nine is going to be good. Yeah, but it's also a big green. It's it's visually intimidating, but you there's you have some room. You do, but but the problem is you know that pin's always cut up front, and there's a there's a well, two tiered green, yeah. right? So it's always up front, which so many people under club on that hole because like oh I don't want mm-hmm. this big downhill putt from forty feet. Well, wh- what do you want a thirty foot uphill chip where you can't even see the green you know right yeah so that yeah that that might actually be be my pick i i thought about it after um but i i do like that hole 
Okay, and then the then the follow up to that, the second part of that question was favorite par three outside of Pennsylvania. So outside of Pennsylvania, I mean, uh, assorted seventeenth, the seventeenth of Bethpage Black, uh, or the seventeenth uh, of Shadow Creek. Okay. I mean, okay. Uh, I mean that's. I feel like that's a little bit of chalk, but I mean, they're both incredible holes. All right. Well, you have to pick one of those. Which one are you picking? Uh, I'm going to go with shadow in that it's a lot more playable for me. Um, downhill as opposed to uphill. Um, and there's a, you know, a cool story with it. So I'll go with that. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the 14th hole at Pinehurst number four. This is a hole where the the first time I played it, I was so visually intimidated by it. I mean, to Mm -hmm. the, to the point where I was like, what do I do? You know, like what, what am I supposed to even do here? I don't have this shot. I, I don't have this length. It plays over water. There's water to the left. You go long and you go down the hill, you go right and you're up a hill. Um, and then after playing it a few times, I, I understand now. And, and it was, it was the shot that I hit last time that I played line and my oldest son and I were playing a match and I was, I was down after dunking one in the water on the par five before it. And I, he hit Scott, he hit the, you know, he's these long towering irons and it landed yep. 15 feet right of the hole. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm dead. Like he's going to close me out on, on 16 or 15. And I pured a six iron right over the flag, like to the point where he was like, that's going in dad. It's going in. And it hit and rolled past. And I was like, Oh, like it legit had a shot to go in. Um, so I finally, you know, it, it had perplexed me for, for a few years now, but I got it dialed in, figured it out. Hmm. Plus, visually, it's just, I think it's one of the best uh, right. best parts of the property there. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I mean, the other the other hole I, I was kind of thinking about there, it's from a defunct golf course. Um, the Duchess Golf Club, which is the club I used to belong to, had, uh, the 13th hole was 88 yards. Mm, and I love that. I used, to, I used to love bringing people there because they'd be like, 88 yards. And I'd be like, yep, but you will not, ha- you, you probably won't make par. <laughs> right, and right. they'd be like, and, and they'd look at me. I'd be like, yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. And e- even if you hit the, gr- you had hit the green in the right spot, or you were gonna end up with a crazy downhill putt or an uphill putt that broke like stupid right or left, and unless you really knew the hole, it, you were going to have a hard time. I so. I just I love a super short par three, and unfortunately, the way that that golf is going, you've got you know. You know, old courses always have like 120, 130, 115 yard par three. Now you're lucky mm. if you get a 160 yard par three and like, oh, that's short. Um, yep. But there's so much that you can do variety wise with tee boxes and you can really make greens crazy because you're just yep. putting a small wedge in people's hands. Dormy Club, I don't remember what number, but Dormy Club has one that the green is wild. And Scott, this thing cannot be more than 90 yards from the tips. It is yep. Super small. There's probably three tiers. It probably breaks in nine different directions. There's there's fall offs everywhere. 
But you know mm. what? You you got a half gap wedge in your hands, you know. Yep, and the, but and that was the thing with this place. Like the green was small, and if you hit it pin high, you were in trouble. Yep, yep. And that and uh, that's the thing. So I I, I like that kind of hole. So very I diabolical. A, I love a good short par three, but what I love even more is a par three course. Truth. Um. Next question: Where are you going to golf in 2022? Where am I going to? I, well, how about how about uh, I ask you this question? Are you going to golf in 2022? Uh, I might definitely plan on golfing in 2022. Um, most likely it will be at um, Southern Duchess Golf Club, which is where I had been a member in the past and decided against. And now because I don't play anymore, I feel like at least <laughs> if I have that, I have a place to go. I can play three holes. I'm tight with the pro. Um, you know, no, no one bothers me and I can be on the course within seconds of pulling into the parking lot, get three Love holes that. in, in like a half hour if I need to, and then cut out. Love it. I do. I mean, I've, wa- I've, I've walked that, that whole course, you know, and, you know, obviously played golf on it and in just over an hour. So that's, that's how I like to roll. I do hope to get. A round or two with you at Jack Frost. Uh, that year. is also something I hope for. Um, so I will be playing a, a lot of golf there. We actually today we finished and finalized kind of our winter and spring sports schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. They've all been released with with uh, golf tournaments and baseball and all that stuff. So it looks like we'll get a lot in there. Um, I fully intend to be back at Pinehurst at some time this year uh for a for a full-on you know golf trip again buddy's golf trip not a a familial trip and then uh who knows scott maybe maybe the world will you know open back up again and tour events will start allowing full media back on the ground so you never know you know i mean you Mm. never know um highlight of highlight of the year is our our second to last question golf highlight of the year i'm assuming is our second to last question uh, a personal golf highlight? Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. I'll go I'll go with I played nine straight holes this year. Um the the one round I played this summer. I played nine straight holes at one under par. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So I, I mean that for me, um, you know, again, it was bookended by assorted triples, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I made you know, I made a couple birdies and then I had a, a, a bogey and, a, you know, the rest were pars. So uh, I'll take it. I thought long and hard about this question and then the next one, which we'll end the show with. Um, and I realized that in January, I made my first eagle of the year. I made two eagles this year. I don't know if that's a career high. I, I, I'm not sure. I've never kept track until this year. But. Like January twenty third, <laughs> I made my my first eagle by by holing out on a par four, and I was like, "Wow, this is going to be an incredible golf year." And the golf for me personally, Scott, was not that good because I spent so much time coaching and and putting into my my kids' game. You know, his golf highlights could fill 
you know, mm. uh, an entire podcast. And I think that's where my mind went. Like my golf highlight of the year was not even me. You know, it was watching him succeed in a sport that that we both love. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I think I think what it was and, and I look back and I was like, you know, what? I think winning his first junior tour event this year was it. I'm like, but he's won some other ones when he was little. And so I go back to the first time that he medaled in a high school match. Um, and it was against a team that had two other district qualifier kids. And it was the first time I stopped and realized, like, damn, like this kid mm. is actually a good golfer. You know, not yep. that I think he's a good golfer because he's my kid. Like, he is a legit good golfer. Well, I mean, again, you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast is it's not about us. It's, you know, for the, the people who are listening. So, yep. again, uh, the talk about, you know, family and things like that. I mean, that there's really nothing better than you know, being able to pass down something that you love to, uh, to your kids and to see them succeed. Uh, I mean, that's, that's gotta be everyone's highlight. If it's yeah, not, like, then you're doing something wrong. Look, our time has come and gone, right? We had our time in the spotlight when we were younger. It's, it, it's time for the next generation. Scott, here's my favorite question we got. I know who it's from because I got a DM of it. It wasn't answered in the, uh, in the question. This is from a guest that we're going to have. And and for, for everyone listening, we've got a plethora of guests lined up starting in January. Um, just some some great people in the golf industry, some returning guests, some new guests, some tour players, some caddies. It's just, uh, just some – it's going to be exciting. 2022 is going to be a good year, Scott. Here's my favorite question. This is from Latino America tour player Brian Mogg. He mm-hmm. said – would you cancel the podcast forever if it meant getting to play Augusta with Tiger? Uh, <laughs> Scott, uh, I have thought about this question since he asked me, and I think my answer might surprise you. Uh, you want to me to? Uh, first of all, is it? I mean, is it just me playing? It's or do I? Are you coming? Mm, let's just say it's it's. Let's just say it's both of us, right? Because to cancel this podcast, it would need to be both of us, obviously. Right. right? We are this podcast, so so yes, we are playing with Tiger Woods. You and I on an empty Augusta course with Tiger Woods, one eighteen hole round. We can never. Record again. We can with the Instagram page gets deleted, and and this turns into a fleeting memory. Hmm. That it makes it harder if you're involved, but I'd still, I don't know. I don't so know. Let, let me tell you my answer and give you my rationale. Go ahead. I said no. And I said my, no. My first instinct is no. I said no, Scott, because the opportunities that this podcast has have opened up over the last three years have been astronomical. The people that we've met, 
kept in contact with that have allowed us to go and do things that I never thought, you never thought, Mm-mm. in our wildest imaginations would occur, are happening because of this podcast. As we get older in it, it grows. I mean, we're sitting at just under, I think just under 5,000 Instagram followers. Like, what the hell? There's 5,000 right. people out there that care about what we do. The podcast listens go up. The downloads go up. The right. time listens go up. The DMs go up. So I feel like the longer we do it, the more ingrained we get in some people's golfing lives. And one fleeting round at Augusta with a floored man who may be the greatest golfer of all time, mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it. Because honestly, I love once a week or once every nine or ten days getting to just BS with you and do this podcast. Well, and that's ultimately the the thing that my first – and that's why I asked if you were involved in the round. Like if it's just me and Tiger, the answer is flat out like absolutely not. Like this is – you know, our opportunity to catch up on stuff like uh, and we've talked about it before. But for those of you who are new to the pod, like Dan and I have been friends since we were five years old. Yes. So, you know, and we we live kind of far apart from each other. Don't see each other a lot. Like it's so been is, almost it, we've been friends almost 40 years. Yep. Like let so, that sink in. Like what have mm-hmm. you done in your life that you've been doing for 40 years straight? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, again, this is my opportunity to talk about what I love to do with literally one of the people I've known the longest in the, you know, in the world. So if I'm just playing around a golf with Tiger Woods, nah, I, I can, if you're involved, then that's a discussion that you and I would need to have together. Right. Uh, but I, I would tend that. to lean towards no, cause I don't think that he would be all that much fun really. Now, if someone, uh, you know? if someone said to me, Scott, <clears throat> and and he's the third wheel in that 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 group. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't get the inside <laughs> jokes, right? He doesn't get the inside jokes. Um, you know, it, it's awkward because you can't talk about nine irons and stuff like that, or the fact that I'm married to a blonde woman. Like, you can't do those things, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. But if if someone came to me and said, "Hey, we're gonna offer, we want to buy." the podcast augusta national wants to buy the podcast because we just want to make it go away but we're going to give you guys a national membership to augusta where you're allowed to play three times per year i'm in yeah i'm in yeah because then again because then we could make a thing out of it i'll blow up my computer scott okay i'm in yep i'll erase every episode the Instagram gets deleted. I'll even destroy my phone three times a year at Augusta. I'm in. We could we could create a podcast about something else. There you go. There you go. We do. A, I, I I joked around. We do a bowling podcast. Yeah. Uh, leave, leave the pins. It'll be all about professional bowling. I I tell you what that that question that question hit me and I was like, damn, that is a good question right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you evil, Brian. <laughs> yeah. you, you bad man. <laughs> Consequently, Brian will be a guest coming up uh, in the new year, and he has just even more insane Latino America stories because, A, he's one of the funniest people I've met, uh, and, B, 
it's letting an American gringo loose in Latin America. Yep. Good. That's good times. <laughs> All right, Scott. Anything else as we wrap up this episode? 2021 is done. We move to the new year. There'll be new golf courses to play, new experiences, new people to meet, hopefully new professional tournaments to go to and, and spread the gospel of leave the pin. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I have nothing to add. Just happy new year, everybody. And, you know, keep, keep golfing, keep listening. All right. Be safe people. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Adios. At Eagles and Arrows, we supply timeless style and high quality golf essentials. We strive to provide the personal attention that consumers deserve. We're taking extra steps to personally and thoughtfully design our goods to bring you the best products out there. In 2021, we are releasing a new head club cover every month. We're releasing several new hat designs, including the Tremendous Slouch, which is on our website right now. We're also doing custom designs on our gloves and all of our leather goods. At the end of the day, we're all about living life to its fullest and enjoying this amazing game that we love with great people. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows. Check us out on Instagram at Eagles and Arrows CO and online at www.eaglesandarrows.com.